You're listening to Frontlines, a podcast for the people that truly make mountain biking happen. Not the riders, racers, or product designers, but the builders, advocates, and the often forgotten board members of your local mountain bike trail association. Last episode, we heard from a number of IMBA chapters who have decided to leave the IMBA chapter program. But despite leaving, all of my guests wanted to explain that this wasn't a severing of ties with IMBA entirely. Everyone agreed that going forward, we need IMBA to be stronger than ever. At the same time, IMBA's future has been referred to by many as a weathering of the storm, so to speak. This episode will learn more about the IMBA board itself and discuss ways moving forward that perhaps IMBA can become better and stronger than ever. I'm your host, Brent Hillier, and this is episode 16 of Frontlines. My guest is Kevin Loomis, president of the San Diego Mountain Bike Association. You may have seen an article that came out on Tuesday on single tracks, and included many of the voices that you heard from last episode of the podcast. Uh, Kevin was also featured in that article, and, and you can find a link to it in the show notes. Now, it's important to recognize that when Kevin and I refer to IMBA, we're referring to IMBA US. Any IMBA organization outside of the United States, this includes IMBA Canada, Argentina, and Europe, have simply licensed the IMBA name from the US IMBA. Hi, Kevin. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Brent. Excited to be here. So how long have you been with the San Diego Mountain Bike Association? Going on about two, almost three years now. And, uh, and did you start out uh, with the, the president role or did you come on as a board member first? <laughs> I came out, I started out as an angry, pissed off mountain biker, <laughs> as is so often the case. Uh, we had uh, lost some land uh, that we've been riding on social trails and uh we wanted somebody to do something about it, so ran, um, came to Stimba, and one thing led to the other, and then I eventually kind of worked my way through the organization, and then several months later, I became the president. So the club's currently in a chapter of IMBA, but like many, you've been exploring what a future outside of the chapter program would look like. When did your board of directors start having that discussion? We went to the World Summit uh, two and a half years ago. And uh, that was right when I became the president. And a lot of people started to ask what was the value that we were getting from Emba at that time. So I'd say about two and a half years ago because a lot of money was leaving. Uh, I was brand new as a president. And I had a lot of questions on what does this mean? Why are we doing this? Uh, where's the value, the cost benefit, all of that. And so when we went to uh, that World Summit, I asked some really tough and difficult questions. And so kind of like from that point on, it's been a journey to try to figure out the value of IMBA. And, you know, I've learned a lot. I learned a lot since then. So it's been a while. But it actually formalized a year ago, a little over a year ago, when the board uh, asked us uh, to put together a committee. And we did on whether or not to remain. And so a year ago, a committee was formed on whether or not to officially remain. And by summer, we announced that we should remain. Um, when we saw a lot of the changes taking place, such as IMBA 2.0, that committee was started again with some new board members to evaluate it due to the new changes. 
And so last episode, some of my guests cited the, the loss of regional directors as, as being reasons for, for them to leave the program. And your regional director, Laura Harkness, she's still in place, but you've, you've stated that if, if her position was terminated, that, that you would leave the chapter program with, within a week. Uh, Jeff McNamee of the Salem Area Trail Alliance and, and others have felt that the, the membership service that IMBA provides just isn't enough value to stay. Are there other reasons your club was considering leaving? Yeah, there's a lot. Uh, one of the one of the reasons that it's kind of surprising is the success of our chapter. A lot of it directly was related to EMBA. Definitely need to give them credit where credit is due. Uh, they helped us get bigger. They helped us uh, be guided on how to write grants. And what that did is it allowed us to become a better chapter. And I uh, really appreciate all of the help and all of the effort that they gave. But consequently, our success at all of this has led to a point where we don't need IMBA at the level that we needed IMBA at before. And now we're doing all of the work here locally, and we just moved to our own membership system so that we'll be able to market and be able to do our own memberships uh, instead of using IMBAs. That makes it a lot more um, having a local flavor and should connect with people better. So looking at all of this, their success that they gave us has kind of forced us to kind of reevaluate should we remain. And it sounds horrible, but if you take a look at it, we're looking at paying thirty-five dollars to $40,000 this year that would go to IMBA under the way things currently are structured. The value add for that amount of money, that's a hard number to be able to ask our members to send to Boulder. And it's one that we're evaluating right now. You've been quite vocal about your hesitation with the, the with the board at IMBA, and, and although many have confidence in the new executive director, David Wins, decisions are still made by the board of directors, and, and he reports to them. Yeah. What's the current makeup of, of the board? What's what's their background? Where do they come from? Yeah, that's, you know, that's the part that I really kind of come from. I come from more of a strategic type of thinking, and the board is really where everything starts. I mean, and that's where it should start. I mean, the board is there to kind of like strategically look at an organization and decide what do they want it to do and where they want it to go. Uh, David Weems, uh, the executive director, takes that direction and then implements it on the ground level over in Boulder and throughout the nation. So he's kind of like that person that's leading the charge that everybody sees and thinks he's the guy that's making all of the decisions. While he is making decisions, he still has to get authorization from the board to be able to move forward. So when I'm seeing all of this um, uh, chaos, so to speak, that's been happening for the last year plus over at IMBA, and I'm talking to Mike Van Abel, uh, who is the previous executive director, he was just saying the board, the board, the board. So I started to look at them. And something really surprisingly I found on the board, uh, one, the board never really talks to the chapters. We have no communication from them whatsoever. So here's an organization that you would expect from the board level we should know what everybody wants. Never ever heard anything from them. Number two, I also found that over 40% of the board is represented by the industry. Now, I don't know about you, but local advocates like myself, I am not the president of Yeti, such as the chairman of the board is. Now Chris Conroy, who is the chairman of the board and president of Yeti is a good man, but he's also a person in this industry that isn't necessarily the one fighting for access. And then we've got a person from Jensen who is in there and REI and another person that owns many bike shops. So we got over 40 plus percent of people that are very much on uh, industry focus. They only have one chapter president. And 
from what I hear, he's kind of like an island in there where he's trying to say what is important from an advocacy level that so much of us feel is important, but they're not listening. And so what we're getting is, is this really coming from an advocacy and a mountain biker perspective, or is this really kind of coming down from the industry? or from people perhaps that are maybe focused more on environmental issues. So I'm not seeing the representation in there that kind of represents the mountain biker that is out there riding on weekends and seeing trail taken away and being lost. I don't like that. And so that's kind of why I'm asking this question on, is this board really in touch with the ground work that is happening from the mountain biking level and I honestly don't think so. In fact, the previous chairman of the board, Bob Winston, he's from San Diego. He's here. He's in my chapter. We've reached out to him several times. And Bob Winston just simply has not been helpful in any aspect helping us here locally with our issues. Now, how is the, the IMBA board elected? Is it a situation where they voted by the general members at an AGM? Or, or what's the process to, to someone becoming a, a board member of IMBA? That's a good question. So uh, right now, the way that it stands, and it's kind of common for many boards, is that you're elected by a process that is established by the board. So the board establishes the process, and they're the ones that vote. And, and many boards do, including ours. The problem that I had is a couple of years ago, they had a clause in there that if the elected member, uh, if the uh, members of IMBA were unhappy with the board, what they could do is they could call a special election by getting, I think it was like 5% of members out there, like a survey could be done, that 5% of the members could force uh, an election to ha uh, whether or not that board member or board members could be voted off of the board. Well, they removed that clause. And that's something that I don't like, is you should always be able to have the ability to take somebody off of the board as a community uh, but they don't have that. So the control fully resides and uh, begins and dies at the board level with no input from anybody else. So IMBA has announced that, that they are going to be including some representation from chapters on the board. And, and what they've said is that they're going to be including a, a chapter president on, on the board moving forward. Is, is this enough? <laughs> I mean, I don't think there's a single person right now that's listening to this that thinks that's enough. I mean, I think almost everybody out here should say and would feel that who is better qualified to help run an organization than chapter presidents and advocates out there that are actually getting things done from the grassroots level at the bottom? Really, does the community out there feel that industry leaders that profit from the sale of their product has in the best interest of the mountain biker that's actually fighting for these trails? I mean, I don't think that's nearly enough. I would love to see 50 to 60% of the board being advocacy-focused and uh, people that have proven that they can turn things around, people that have proven that with very, very little money, they've made their organizations great and big. And that's one of the other problems that EMBA had is that this board, which is so industry-focused with very large budgets, kind of started to think that they were also large. But EMBA isn't. They need that mentality, that from the grassroots bootstrap mentality that we're going to take this dollar and we're going to stretch this thing that makes Gumby look inflexible. That's what we need to be at the board level. What do you think is preventing IMBA from having more chapter representation on the board then? <laughs> Power, I think, is part <laughs> of it. I mean, think about it. I mean, you've got industry out there that is 
so focused on taking care of what it feels like themselves. Um, I mean, the other day I, I, I spoke to, it's, it's recently that they're actually starting to listen and ask for input. But I mean, it took Imba almost to the point of going out of business for them to start to ask. So, I, I mean, entitlement? I don't know, but I mean, they just simply are not asking and they it just seems that I don't know. It's a great question. I would love to know that more, but all it is is going to be suppositions on my side. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a simple situation of, of math either. Like they, they have room for additional board members. Yeah. It can go up to 20 plus members. Mm. So they got more than enough room for extra members. And what are they sitting at right now? 12, 12. Wow. 12. And they actually, seriously, they need less because the people that have been on that board that allowed and oversaw IMBA, to pretty much go down the rabbit hole and almost go out of business. You know, if you take a look at Boulder, they lost 50% of their employees in this process, 50%. Do you know, Brent, do you know how many people were let go due to the mismanagement uh, from the Ember board during this process? Because they let 50% go over at Boulder. How many people do you think were let go at the board level? Well, you know, I, <laughs> I know what I want it to be, but unfortunately I, I, I know the answer to this. And, and it, zero is, is a very concerning number. Yeah, that doesn't show change. I mean, that doesn't show that these are the people that uh, allow this to happen, and yet they're going to chart our course through these stormy seas, and they're going to get us you know, into the safe harbor, so to speak. And then not only are they going to get us through the safe harbor, they're going to guide us to this golden mountaintop. Why didn't they do that before? Mm. It's the same people. It just doesn't make any sense to me. So what roles did IMBA let go? A lot. They got rid of a lot of regional directors. Um, they got rid of a lot of support uh, and some duplicative uh, uh, functions, which kind of makes sense. Uh, they also got rid of some very senior roles. They got rid of um, a senior donor development. Uh, they got rid of uh, the national um, outreach and advocacy. You know, Bruce Alt, who is uh, a director, and Dan Bryant, who is the CFO and the COO of the company. Actually, Dan Brilliant, interestingly enough, to go back to the board, I've spoken with Dan quite a bit, and he's super smart, comes from Microsoft. They were considering him making him the new executive director. Now, Dan is a good guy. However, Dan, the, the board, was getting ready to make him an executive director. His first love is not mountain biking. In fact, he didn't really mountain bike before until he got the job. He's an ultra trail runner, so he loves trails. But here the board thought it in their wisdom that it would make sense to put a person whose first passion is ultra trail running and make him the executive director to lead the fight for the uh, International Mountain Biking Association. That, again, just shows the disconnect that the board seems to really be having with the community. You've asked for the immediate resignation of, of Bob Winston, one of the board members. And why have you done that? Chairman. You're the chairman. You're the captain. You almost ran the organization into the ground. I mean, how can the chairman say to 50% of the staff that they pushed to leave because the organization is going through hard times and you're going to stay? That doesn't make any sense. And that also shows to the community that we really are looking for change. You know, we dropped the ball. We made a mistake. And, and truthfully, Chris Conroy is doing a really good job. He seems to be doing a really good job and is asking the right stuff. And he's even saying that uh, Bob Winston is going to be sunsetted over at the end of the year, which is great. So if you're going to leave at the end of the year, 
you're the person who allowed all of this to happen because you're the chairman. You're the person who's supposed to set up committees. He didn't have any. So all of this happened on your watch. You got to go. It doesn't make any sense. And you're going to be leaving anyway at the end of the year. Why should you remain? Yeah. So you want, you want things to, to get rolling. I mean, we're, we're coming into the, the summer of 2017 and, and why wait until the fall to, to make changes is kind of what you're saying. Yeah, and Brent, so let me ask you a question. The one thing that we've been hearing from everybody is that IMBA matters, and it does. It has made such an impact for a cycling community across the country and across the countries because it's international. But the one thing that we haven't heard during this whole thing is what are they going to do? What are we going to do different? You know, how are we going to pull ourselves out? We had IMBA 2.0 and 3.0, and we got this new revision, but it's more of pretty much the same. What I would love to see is we don't have time to keep treading water. We need new leadership. We need new insights. We need new thinkers out there that can take a look at a problem, and they don't look at the problem. They see a potential for a solution. These are the people that are thinking differently, people that are going to say, hmm, we've tried this before. That doesn't make sense. Let's try that. You know, I mean, they just have such a very cautious uh, approach to everything. And if you think about it, and say I'm in the industry, I'd be very concerned about what those approaches could do that would affect my company. We don't want that to be on there. We want people that are out there ready to take some risks and look at things. How can we, you know, how can we advance our agenda that everybody can agree with, but it's going to have a little bit of risk in it. That's what we need. And I'm just not seeing that right now with the current board. We, none of us have seen that with the current board. We're just, Stay tuned is what we've been hearing for the last several months. Well, Dave needs to get directions from the board and that board has yet to tell us what that direction is. Yeah. So even as a, as a chapter leader, you're not receiving a lot of information from the board. You're not getting a lot of communication. No, no. I mean, I, when I call them, they return my calls and we have very good conversations. And some of the questions that I have, what I've been surprised on is they haven't thought of some of these things. You know, haven't thought differently. And yeah, it would just make so much. We're the second largest chapter, city chapter in the country. I mean, we grew from 350 and now we're just hovering right around 1,200 members. I mean, that's good growth. Why not say what worked out here? How do we replicate this and move this to others? We're just not getting the questions that you should get from that level to turn around an organization, which is so important. Yeah, and, and something a lot of people have brought up is is also looking outside of the organization. There's a ton of success that IMBA chapters have had as well, but but also looking outside at groups that aren't uh, IMBA chapters or or even other umbrella type organizations. Yeah, you, you know now, Brent, you're talking about the stuff that's got change in it. Now, this is the stuff that I love. So let's just take a look at um, Evergreen and uh, NIMBA and some of the other really successful organizations that regionally have done their own you know uh they've succeeded outside of emba um and done really quite well and have been extremely instrumental in those communities you know what i think would be awesome is why wouldn't the board invite nemba or evergreen one of their directors onto the emba board clearly they feel that something was not right for them to become a chapter over at emba what are they doing differently? What is successful to them that they have working for them that Emma didn't have? 
And let's see if the fit is there. Now you're starting to get people that are thinking, not the way that you're thinking, but the way that they're thinking, which now adds a whole variety of options that were never considered before. And this is why I feel a lot of people on the board need to go, is they're so entrenched into that same group mindset that they're doing the same thing over and over again. Wouldn't it make sense to like take these organizations that are not an IMBA, a couple of them, put them in there. Let's see what's working. And then you know what? If IMBA does embrace some of those, now you can maybe bring those organizations in as a chapter, and you're now getting thousands of people joining and popping at the same time. And more importantly, it's starting to have that momentum that has been lacking from IMBA for so long. You know, that's the kind of stuff that gets me excited. I'd rather be surrounded by people that always are disagreeing with me and challenging my thoughts and challenging why I'm doing things so I can become better. The last thing I want to do is be surrounded by people that are always agreeing with me. Why is it so important to you that IMBA succeeds? <laughs> I love mountain biking. You know, I mean, if you start to take a look in San Diego, the uh, people around here are looking at mountain bikers differently now. They're looking at us as subject matter experts. They're looking at us as a partner, as people that were experts in trail building. Um, if there's a problem, we're willing to take a ownership of it and see how we can move it forward. And because of that, a lot of doors are opening and a lot of access is starting to become available here in San Diego. And it's because we've taken that leadership role and we've owned it and we're bringing in the community and everybody is speaking. We're not just mountain bikers, we're a trails community, hikers, equestrians, runners, all of those people are joining uh, us here in um, San Diego and, uh, with um, Simba to be able to advance this. What gets me so passionate is Imba's doing the exact same thing. They're bringing all of those people together nationally and internationally. So from an, a sport where people used to think that we were just those bad kids that would go down the road and, I mean, down the trail and tear things up, that's not who we are. You know, now we're groups that can actually go out to land managers. And Imba did something fantastic with BLM, and they, they drafted a book that actually shows how to be able to build trail on the land for multi-use and BLM that works and is sustainable. I mean, it's these relationships from the national and international level that has absolutely changed the tone of mountain biking throughout the country. And, and so it's like almost in spite of the failures that IMBA has had recently, it is still a powerful organization. Now, can you imagine how amazing this organization would become with the right leadership at the helm, the right changes being done? Oh my goodness. I mean, this country and the things that we're seeing right now could change overnight with the right leadership. And that's how come I feel is so important. Kevin, well, thank you for taking the time to, to chat with me. I really appreciate it. Oh, Brent, it's been my pleasure. Uh, mountain biking is in our blood and whatever we can do to further this. And uh, gosh, can you imagine if Imba can take this really awful thing that happened in the last year plus and turn it into an awesome opportunity. It's usually when you have these terrible things that forces us to take a look at things that we normally don't want to see. I just hope that Imba can look at this clearly and then that's when amazing things can happen. Absolutely, absolutely. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you, Brent. Imba has a long road ahead of them. And it's my wish, and I feel the wish of many chapters and members alike, that they listen to the feedback that everyone has shared and make the necessary changes. 
During my discussion with Kevin Adams last episode, he mentioned something that I just couldn't fit into the episode, but I wanted to share that with you right now. So here's Kevin Adams from the Verde Valley Cyclist Coalition, or the VVCC, out in Sedona, Arizona. When I brought Moore aboard as a chapter back in 2012, Moore is Zimba's largest chapter, by the way, and they'll probably they'll probably stay uh, as a chapter because they've negotiated some special things. But uh, 21%, so when you looked at the number of members of IMBA and the number of members of Moore before Moore becoming a chapter, and you take that total population, 21.5% were IMBA-only members, 8.5% were both IMBA and Moore members, and 70% were Moore-only members. And I think, I think what will happen is, as chapters leave, it'll revert back to what it was, and uh, uh, I, I gave Emba a proposal that, that said, you know, let me sell memberships at a discount when somebody joins the VVCC. You know, let me, you know, let me, let me add some fries with, with your, uh, you know, with your order and, uh, you know, to get an Emba membership for a reduced amount that I do all the work on and I send you a check. And I said, and let's just reciprocate on your end. Somebody in my territory joins Emba. You know, I'll you know I'll let you sell them a reduced price VVCC membership, so that instead of getting you know the you know the thirty percent that are either IMBA only or joint, that we can build it on up to sixty or seventy percent and and make it work for both. But I think they're so busy with Chapter 3.0, they haven't gotten to the point where they're thinking about the fallout. Like many things, constant change and evolution is necessary. And like many local clubs in the past, IMBA finds themselves at a fork in the road. One option is to continue with the status quo. The other is to adapt and evolve so that mountain biking can continue its successful growth. Now here at Frontlines, I strive to provide everyone with an opportunity to be heard. So after my interview with Kevin Loomis, I reached out to Bob Winston of IMBA. He was kind enough to send me a statement, and I'd like to read that to you now. He wrote, We have new leadership at IMBA, and we are excited about the future of mountain biking. Dave Wins, our new executive director, is working with the IMBA team of staff and volunteers to ensure the future of mountain biking and IMBA are bright. Chris Conroy is the chair of the governing board. I stepped down last year, and he's a proven and excellent leader of the board. All of us at IMBA are looking forward, not back. IMBA's governing board is made up entirely of dedicated, passionate mountain bikers. We come from all over the country and from various industries and backgrounds. We are all volunteers and each give hundreds of hours to IMBA each year without any compensation or reimbursement from IMBA for anything. We even pay for all of our own travel expenses to attend board meetings and events all over the country to help IMBA accomplish its mission. It's a big commitment. This has made recruitment of new board members very challenging. I am so grateful to the talented individuals that have served the IMBA board during my tenure. They have each stepped up and served IMBA despite the many demands, stresses, and expenses involved. The local chapters and their volunteers are the unsung heroes of our cause. They do the heavy lifting of getting trails built and maintained. We have and always will do everything we can at IMBA to support those local efforts. So the show will be going back to its bi-weekly format. So look for a new episode in two weeks with Jay Darby of MTB Co. out in Kelowna, BC. We'll be hearing from everyone who sent feedback or commented on all things related to wet trails. And you still have time to get in your comments. And there's a few ways to communicate with the show, so don't miss out. 
Like always, you can find the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at FrontlinesMTB. You can also send me an email or you can record an audio file and email that to me as well at FrontlinesMTB at gmail.com. Make sure to give us a rating or review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or YouTube. And don't forget to support the show via PayPal. You can find a link in the show notes, as well as links to the San Diego Mountain Bike Association and the Verde Valley Cyclist Coalition. Like always, music is by Lee Rosevere, production notes by Jennifer Pride. And finally, I'm Brent Hillier. This is Frontlines. Thanks for listening, and happy trails.